Hi. Welcome to Ask the Expert, a daily series from 8.30 to 9am to help small businesses. Ask any questions in the comments or use Twitter at hashtag QBATE. If you need any more advice, join the official Intuit QuickBooks SMB community group on Facebook. Accountants and business experts are there on hand 24-7. So I'm Katie Howell, and I'm CEO of independent social media agency, Immediate Future. Working with brands like LastMinute.com, Psycho and Sony Music, Thomson Reuters, Fujitsu, Selfridges, all well-known brands, but not always with very big budgets. Interestingly enough, the most frustrating thing for me is seeing businesses do social and it not deliver results, not deliver any value at all. This is because right now social media marketing is complex and sophisticated and you just you can't hack it. Uh, you can't get there in shortcuts. Um, if you want rewards, you need to think a little bit more long term. More importantly, social media is just not a tick box exercise. It becomes really expensive if all you're trying to do is go, I have a social profile. So I've spent 16 years in social media. We started when it was all MySpace and blogs and Twitter was a twinkle in Jack Dorsey's eye. Now, of course, Facebook is the largest social network group and over half the world's population, which is 3.96 billion people, are on social media. And the latest survey says that we have, on average, nine profiles. Can you just imagine all that content? All those people putting out TikToks and Instagrams and Facebook posts every day, every minute of every day round the globe. And that's what you're competing with when you're a small business on social media, all that noise. So therein lies the biggest challenge that we have as small businesses. Um, how do we get cut through? Well, the first one is about your content. So you need thumb-stopping content. And that is predominantly because we access all our content on a mobile phone. So you want someone to be looking at your social feed and flicking up. And as they do, they stop because they see your content. So you, you need to invest in that content. And part of that investment is not to mirror the content from Instagram onto TikTok or Instagram onto Twitter. And Twitter. You can cross-pollinate by all means, the occasional post. But if you put the same content on each platform. Can you imagine what it's like to be a user who is maybe flipping between Instagram and Facebook and Twitter to see the same stuff from you? They're immediately bored and turn off. You need to invest in copy and visuals. Less is more. So it's not about going out with posts every day. There's no time frame. But if you put out quality content that grabs the people's attention, that's much better. It's in fact, it's much better than kind of a attaching yourself to nebulous hashtags, which really don't help. It doesn't build your company profile. Not saying you shouldn't use hashtags. You just need to use them really carefully and you need to think about the language that you're using. One other point while we're talking about content is there is only one way to be in social and that is to pay. It is might be free to enter, might be free to kind of launch your profile. But the reality is very few of your audience, including your followers, will actually see you. And your whole premise of being on social media, of being publicly available, is so that you can share your brand and your company and your business and your services and your products 
with more people. But actually, most of the algorithms will work against you and you will not be seen unless you use paid social. The second challenge is to know your audience, because if you're not relevant to the audience you're targeting, they will switch off really quickly. And while lots lots of people do go, we're reporting you, we are blocking you, we don't want to see you, actually the vast majority just ignore you and you don't even know know that you're not relevant to them. So if you know, if you sell donuts, you want to sell, you want to target people at the moment they're thinking about treats. Uh, not on on a Monday morning when most people start to think about the diet for the week. What you need for that to, to understand your audiences is to focus on the data, to find the insight. So for instance, we recently did a report um, looking at why Christmas is trending in July. I know, weird. Um, uh, and what we discovered is that right now, the reason it's doing so is people are doing uh, uh, are wanting me gifts. They want gifts for themselves, you know, that feeling of being locked down and deprived and not quite, the world not quite right. So they want little luxuries, little affordable luxuries that they can buy for themselves. And they're kind of saying we're having our Christmas in July, um, as well as a huge amount of nostalgia for last Christmas and a, and a huge amount of nostalgia uh, or expectation about next next Christmas. So using that data, you want to be creating personas because you want to be understood by your audience so that they find you relatable. And that also means for small businesses, you have to work harder where you don't, you're unable to run massive brand campaigns. You need to develop personality on social and that is just as important. Having uh, a personality and tone of voice that people can recognize really matters. The final challenge is one that really has appeared in the last year. With all the fake news and scams, trust is a big issue for small businesses. You need quickly to make sure that your consumers and your audiences actually trust you. People are a bit skeptical. And it's never about the sale on social. It's always looking at top of funnel, which is about how you build brand. And yes, yes, you can put shop on there. But if you don't focus on how you build your brand, how you build trust, how you uh, encourage reviews and social proof, how you continue to tell consistent stories, then you will fail because people are getting more and more skeptical. So that was a quick fire tour on the kind of three things that I think I see um, as the biggest challenges for small businesses on social media. Um, and it's no mean feat. You have, to, you have to work quite hard to make it work well for you, but there is enormous value in it. So I'm taking questions now, and I think I've got my first one from Blake from Facebook. And he says, good morning. I'm starting my own company later on this year and want to have a social media presence from the start. I don't have time to learn and be on all platforms. How do I choose a platform when I'm not entirely sure where my audience is? Uh, that's kind of like a circular question, really, isn't it? The reality is that there are no shortcuts. You are going to have to understand where your audience is. And there is a lot of research online that you can access for free. Um, lots of detail that tells you where people mostly spend their time and roughly what demographics are there. Won't tell you where your biggest audience for purchase is, but you have to understand where they are. There is no panacea. Facebook is not for the older people and, in, and Snapchat is not just for the young people. Uh, they get their most, like something like 40% of Snapchat's engagement are, are from those over 35. 
So you cannot make assumptions about platforms. So not helpful, really, Blake. Sorry, <laughs> but you're going to have to do your homework and you are going to have to spend time if you want to use twi uh, Twitter and Facebook as a channel. Got a question from uh, Jason from Twitter. When working with clients, are you seeing any particular platforms in social media that perform especially well with converting sales? Um, it really varies. I would say that a lot of people have thrown Facebook out the door with all the troubles that have happened. And I know a number of big brands are boycotting it this year or this month rather. Um, one, of the, one of the things we see is that Facebook is just an incredible, powerful tool for targeting. Um, and it absolutely drives sales. It's, it's back-end measurement and attributable um, metrics mean that you can you can really work out exactly what's working and what isn't working and start to focus on the sale. Um, but I've seen equally good results out of Twitter, for instance, or even Instagram. It really depends on the kind of business that you have. Bianca from Twitter has said, Hi, Katie, I hear a lot about timings in the day when you post to social media so your audience sees the content, either in the morning or lunchtime. Is that a myth? would love to hear your thoughts. Well, yes. Boss on, Sinead. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a myth. Um, uh, I've never heard, it's just total rubbish, basically. Um, the timings are the timings that work for you and your sector and your product. And basically, the most important parts would be, for instance, if you're selling groceries or food products, you think about when people are likely to be purchasing it and then when they're likely to think about it. And the fact that when they're doing their Saturday morning shop, they're unlikely to be on Facebook. So you probably want to tar target them Thursday and Friday when they start meal planning. It's much, much better to look at it that way. Most of the gurus that are out there tend to give you that, oh, you need to post at 9am and do this. We find so many different things that matter. If you're a B2B business, for instance, a business-to-business -business, business, we found, for instance, on LinkedIn on Sunday at six o'clock, not these days at the moment, it was a perfect time to get C-suite and senior, senior um, stakeholders and purchasers because they nearly always check their LinkedIn profile on a Sunday evening. It's just, you know, random. They're not doing that now, by the way. Nobody is doing that now because everything is up in the air. So things change really fast. So Nabby from a Twitter DM says, good morning. When you're working with clients, when looking to optimize the social media output, what are your key things you are telling them? I, I think it all starts, uh, Nabby, with thinking about your audience. Uh, it's, it's the bit that that kind of fails when people talk about hacks and fast ways to, to do social media is that they think about the platform first. Well, actually, the you're not selling to the platform, you're selling to your audience. So think about your audience first. And actually, the best way to optimize for social is to put your audience in the frame and understand the different nuances and how they behave so that you can you can optimize for them first. Then you optimize for content and quality content and look at how your bid pricing changes. So for your paid media, which will run alongside of it, you then want to look at the kind of metrics like engagement, resonance, um, uh, view times, uh, click-throughs, that kind of thing. But you then continuously optimize with um, A-B testing, simply put. 
So uh, Pembo from Facebook Lifey says, what's your view on investing in advertising? Do you get more success the more you spend? Ah, great question. (laughs) Actually, not necessarily. It is not an exponential curve like this. It's more of a, a kind of logarithmic curve. There will come a point where the more you spend actually achieves very little. The way to think about your spend is kind of to reverse engineer it. So instead of saying, how much should I be spending? Say, look, who is my audience and who do I want to target? Then go into the back end of the platforms and you build your target list. You can say, you know, I'm selling fashion wear and I can see that my UK target audience is 11 million. I want to, you know, to target all 11 million on a cost per mil CPM is really expensive and it gets really expensive when it's cost per click. But I might want to target 5%. That would get me in front of a million people or whatever it is you want to do. Then you work your pricing back because bid prices change a huge amount. There are some really clever tricks, though, with paid. Like you can book on Facebook a few months out. I think it's 90 days now out, which means that if you book your Christmas campaign, pain in a couple of months time you'll get today's cost per mill today's pricing not christmas when everybody's going mad about black friday uh we have gabby from twitter uh with a direct message saying hi katie we do a lot of business b2b yay and use instagram and facebook at the moment but not putting much time into into it what's your advice for b2b tone of voice as this would differ from b2c absolutely spot on in fact we get our best results for our b2b clients out of facebook um, and with a backup in twitter but very it's very expensive and a bit more of a challenge on linkedin so when you talk about tone of voice it is a slightly different tone you need to remember that you're often interrupting your buyer when they might be posting, you know, a meme <laughs> or they might be talking to their to their parents and chatting or to their friends or sharing pictures of their dog, you know. So you need to understand you're in a slightly different mindset. But weirdly, we when I say we get our best results, we get our best results. We've seen uh, some of our clients earn millions of pounds out of Facebook. Agreeably, their products are quite high price. But one of the one of the challenges is in understanding how you flex your tone to be more conversational and less download our white paper. One thing we do know is that people don't have a kind of B2B brain and a B2C brain. They don't they don't think like that. They don't go, oh, I'm at work, so I'm just going to think business. They actually will think about it all the time. So if you hit them in the right way on, on social, it will work. So it's de- there's definite value in doing that. Um, thank you for that, Cabby. Um, Carrie from Twitter DM, do you know any good free or not too expensive tools to use to schedule posts and get some data from? Yeah, I mean, we use such a random amount of tools, as you can imagine, partly because some of our clients have already got them set up. But, you know, typically there is um, Hootsuite or Buffer as a paid for tool. You know, we're talking about small amounts of money, really, a couple of 10 pounds, 10 pounds, 20 pounds a month type stuff are really good. And you'll get enough data out of there to help you understand what's working, what isn't working. Also, I do urge you all to use trackable links. Bitly, free. Use a Bitly link. And one of the advantages are you'll then see when people are 
uh, going somewhere from your organic content. Although you can tell that obviously through your page, you'll actually see it through your organic content, which is great because then you know what's working, what isn't working in terms of click-throughs. What metrics, Sharice from Instagram says, what metrics do you think are important to look at? Oh, I love this question. Uh, I'm doing all my social by myself, but it's a bit hard to keep on all the new features and things to know. Oh my God, yes, isn't that true? You could measure bloody everything in social. So I would say, here's the, here's the general view. The, the social metrics like engagement and views are really good at helping you understand uh, how the content is doing and what, what content your audience likes. But it's actually no good at telling you what business value it is. The business value coming, comes through either how many people you drive to your website or how many people you uh, who, who fill a basket buy more stuff from you or how many people are contacted through your lead generation or download your white paper or whatever it is that you're trying to get them to do. That is actually the big metric that you're after. So that's simply setting up your Google Analytics so it shows traffic coming in from, from social. So you have your goals set up in your Google Analytics platform. If you're looking at footfall, then it's a much more complicated affair. And all you can do is what most of the big brands do. And you know, think of your average beer brand in a pub, is look at volume sales uplift during campaign periods. So it's a the whole metrics thing is not a silver bullet if there's no easy answer to it but do remember that the social metrics tend to only focus on your content as is in that moment whereas the metrics that help you bring value to your business are still the same kind of broad level marketing goals molly from facebook messenger when should i be thinking about social us using a social media agency and do you work with small businesses how cute Thank you. <laughs> we do sometimes work with small businesses, but but in the main, there are kind of two steps. So agencies, are, social is very intense, isn't it? You know, if you think about it, just even if all you're posting is three or four times a week, you've really got to think about your audience, your what you're, how much you're paying, and what you know, managing and optimizing your paid process. You've got to think about what your content's going to look like. You're going to have to think about your your trackable links alongside copy that's going to inspire people is quite a lot of work. So usually the first step for small businesses is to look at freelance support because that's the most cost efficient. What happens though, as your business begins to grow is that you need more substantial support. You might be starting to think, for instance, of having a shop on social media. You might consider using instant experiences. You might want to look at AR, um, augmented reality in Snapchat. At that point, you really need to start talking to an agency. When you want efficiency and you want success, then agencies tend to work. But all agencies, not just ourselves, will have you know someone who specialises in in paid, a studio that is able to do design and video production. That that you'll have people who understand how to build your strategy and tone of voice. But for that, you will need to pay. Uh, I have one from Kia here. Uh, Katie, uh, what inspired you to get into social media, and how did it all begin for you? Uh, yes, I think I was mad as a hatter. Uh, I started thinking about this in 98 when message boards were all the thing and thought this is a great way to communicate with customers. 
Um, I then, it wasn't even called social media back then. Um, so I uh, started doing some work with brands. Um, I was at a big ad agency at the time, uh, left them uh, after having my second child and then launched um, Immediate Future pretty much <laughs> while I was while I was still looking after my teeny tiny on maternity. So I think that uh, I just, I was very taken with the idea that brands could talk to customers. I think I was very taken with it and I kept pushing on through. Um, and when Facebook came along it, and Twitter came along, it, it felt just like a natural place in which we could communicate with our, with our customer base, basically. And that's what inspired me. Uh, Leanne from Facebook Messenger. My audience is from 20 to 65 years old now using social media in different ways and spend time in diff on different platforms. I have one employee to do all our marketing and social media and she does not have time to do everything. How can we make a good decision where to focus and the time on or which platform is right for us? I, it's a great question. Brilliant question because this is really difficult. For many brands, your audience base is just everyone. When it comes to social media, you need to hone down. Absolutely. You could be everywhere, targeting everyone. For a start, stop thinking about demographics and start thinking about interest groups. So demographics are lovely, but actually people, you know, I'm not friends with other 50-year-olds. Can I just tell you? I am in my 50s. Um, I'm not friends with other people in their 50s. Um, I'm not even location targeted. I live in Surrey. That does not mean that I'm friends with everybody in Surrey. I am friends with people who also share my interests. So people who are into gardening, I'm into crocheting. I know I sound like a mad idiot now, but um, you, you want to look about look at the interests that align with with the products that you sell, the products and services you sell, and see where those are. You may even find that the place you need to play is forums. Um, um, and, and then choose your platform based on that. And I would say, attempting though it'll be to be on two or three different platforms, don't. Do not do that. Actually, just focus on the one. If you've got one person, do one thing and do it well. Much, much better. You can signpost. You can put a signpost up on, say, Twitter saying, we, we have all our conversations over on Facebook. Here's the link. And just leave that up there. That's fine. Nobody would, would, would criticize you for that. And then as you expand and grow and gain value from social media, you'll be able to expand that group. And I think that's an, an easier way of looking at that. Uh, so Carla from Twitter says, I saw Gymshark hit it big because of using influencers. Would it be a good way of marketing my microphones, basically giving them out to famous people and hoping they'll feature it. Does it still work? In the main, it doesn't. I have to be really honest. Influencer marketing is uh, is not doing great at the moment and you still pay to play. So your famous people, generally you still pay if you want anything that actually has any value to you. So in other words, sending a link back or mentioning the product or brand name, all of these things you have to pay and that can get really, really expensive. Um, you can use 
influencer marketing is part of your overall overall marketing. So even for the likes of of brands like Gymshark, they will have used paid alongside it. So it's a combination. Much, much better to nurture the people who are are already advocates of yours and maybe reward them with something secondary. And you'll find that they actually talk more and they're and it's more, it's more trustworthy than, say, a Kim Kardashian going, look at this product. I really like it. <laughs> um, much better to have somebody who's actually a fan to, 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 to talk about it. So nurture those people who are kind of your number one buyers. Uh, so Nabby from Instagram has uh, DM has come back and said, um, hello, Katie, is there a difference between an impression and a view? We are currently devising KPIs and want to ensure that we're doing it correctly and not missing anything. It kind of depends on what platform you're in. So views tend to be things like video and GIF views. Impressions are just that that has been served in someone's profile. Reach is a much better metric in the main because that says that's definitely gone out to that person rather than estimating, which is kind of what impressions are. But of course, that's what you get from Twitter. You don't get all the stats. So every everyone is different. Um, I'll see uh, if you contact me on Twitter um, at Katie Howell afterwards, Nabby, I'll send you a link um, to some really good ways in which you can think about KPIs. It's kind of a complicated one to explain. Ella from Twitter says, uh, thanks for your knowledge, Katie. I've been given I've been giving social control to our apprentice because they seem with it with Facebook and uh, and that lark now I'm thinking I need to know more myself and maybe start doing it myself what do you reckon Ella absolutely you've put the voice of your brand in somebody who has no marketing experience social media is not about being a digital expert social media is about being a marketing expert and that means you need to understand how you're targeting your audience what your voice is how what's calls to action or cta as it's called what calls to action will actually drive people to you the worst thing you can do is give your social media the voice of your brand the face of your brand to somebody with a couple of years experience uh Milan from Twitter DM. Hi, Katie. Uh, there have been especially good social campaigns lately that have, sorry, have there been uh, any especially good uh, campaigns that stick out in your mind to be ex- exceptional for business? Um oh, my favorite at the moment is probably Heinz. And I know, I know it's a big brand, but oh my, they've they've really got it. Um, they have really tickled us. I mean, bearing in mind, you know, okay, they might be a big brand, but Heinz is a condiment. <laughs> it's the stuff you pour on your chips. How much can you talk about, you know, tomato ketchup? <laughs> but they manage it and they have a look. It's great. It's it's a fun account and you can see people are enjoying enjoying the brand. They're enjoying having the conversation. And their aim, without a doubt, is to make sure that Heinz tomato ketchup stays top of mind tip of tongue that you're conscious that you like and love that brand you have an emotional connection to it so that when you go to the supermarket you remember them uh so i need to wrap up now um uh, uh in a few minutes but i've got a very quick one from mina from facebook messenger how important are hashtags when writing social content where do i use them what is their purpose what's the purpose of them 
we are still figuring it out. Well, hashtags have real value, particularly on Instagram and Twitter, not on Facebook. They can also have value in LinkedIn. What you want to do is think about the hashtags that are relevant to the content or your brand. Um, And those hashtags allow you, don't make up your own, look for the ones that actually exist because they give you reach. Um, One word of warning before I wrap up, and that is uh, don't just jump on hashtag, you know, something day <laughs> because the only way because lots of people do that um, hashtag motivational monday because actually i have still yet to meet somebody who actually follows hashtag motivational monday so the only reason for using them is to expand your organic reach so any questions get in touch with quickbooks support team on facebook or as i said you can get me on twitter at katie howell or one word uh Coming up on Ask the Expert tomorrow is Carl Reader, who is a serial entrepreneur, chairman of a business advisory firm D&T, and author of Boss It, the Startup Coach and the Franchising Handbook. Carl has helped thousands of businesses, uh, business owners, either start or grow their business by helping them understand that business isn't difficult. Tune in tomorrow and get free small business advice from Carl. A quick reminder, that if you need more advice, join the official Intuit QuickBooks SMB community group on Facebook, um, where accountants and business experts are on hand 24-7. Thank you so much for all your questions and stay safe.